I'm going to start out by just really inviting you guys to consider. So what, what um, we're going to do now really for, for the foreseeable future is each, um, each third Sunday with, with timing and thing is, is have a time of communion. And what we've kind of, I'm leaning into this idea that we've been really challenged with the fact that, you know, communion is so much more than just a little square of bread or a rice cracker and a little bit of grape juice or fortified wine if you're lucky. And and so it's not it's not less than that, but there's but there's so much more to this thing that we call communion that that across church history it has meant so much more and it's been had a had a more impactful expression of what it is to worship and what it is to come together. And so in, in, in a funny sort of way, that's really why we're doing this, is to really to expand um, and to challenge and to, be, to have a revelation of what it is to come to the Lord's table. And, and so the idea came about really from the end of last year, I guess it was last year, who knows what time is anymore, but remember when we heard that had those interviews with different people sharing their life journeys or, or bits of their stories of faith? Does anyone remember that? Yeah, you do? Cool. Uh, for me personally, it was the highlight of whatever that was. I don't remember the year, but I certainly remember those were the things and some of those stories. And, and each of those people that shared, no pressure, guys, <laughs> but, um, you know, really did step up and share some of the nitty-gritty and of, of their faith journey. And for me, it was incredibly encouraging. And so the idea is that as we... As we come to the table this morning, we come, all of us come, with all that we have experienced in life, and to be honest, all that we will experience in life as well. And um, so we come with our weaknesses, we come with our victories, we come with our deep, dark secrets, and we come with those things that everyone may know about us. We come with the things that we're proud of, and we come with the things that we're ashamed of. And for each and every one of us, that table is open to all of us. I mean, this is our, this is our mantra. This is one of the things that I'm going to leave that up all morning, but, but this is the table that we come to. And I've given these guys, but also really the framework for, for this series is, is the story of, we'll know it as the prodigal son, but I much prefer the story of called the running father. And so what it is, is the story that Jesus told, and the purpose is not to focus on, on particularly the younger son, but it's to focus on, I believe, this is what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, you look at the father in that story. And the father, in both of those stories, when he encountered each of his sons, the younger one who, who did culturally the worst of the worst. Jesus told this story to be, for it to be shocking to those first century listeners because a son couldn't be any more horrible and disrespectful and terrible to his father than that younger son was. And then, there was an, then there's the older son who stayed on and did everything right. And, and the point of the story is each, each one of those sons and how, who, whichever one we may close relate to, 
neither one of them understood the love and the invitation of the father that all he ever wanted was his sons to come to his table and to celebrate. And no matter what they did, no matter what they said, no matter how good they were or how bad they were, that celebration, there was a place set for them. And it wasn't the same without them. <laughs> that's as good as I get. Come on. Um, so, so that's the heart of this story, of, of this series. That's what we're going to be reminding ourselves every month, month in and month out, as we hear wonderful stories like these two this morning. We're reminding ourselves that here's something in their story that reflects in your story and know that you have a place at this table and this celebration isn't the same without you. And then go out into your workplace and look at the person next to you or the person in the grocery store and know that at this table, they have a place. That no matter what their story looks like, no matter who they are or what they've done, there is a place at God's table for them. So... That's me. I'm going to shut up for the rest of the t morning. No one believes that. Um, and, and why don't you guys just introduce yourselves, maybe something, something exciting we don't know about you, and, <laughs> and we'll carry on. So Simon and Joanna. Uh, yeah, um, I think she'll begin. <laughs> Ladies first. So I'm Joanna, and I um, something you might not know about me, but except Africa knows, <laughs> and Monique Rowley knows. We're going on school camp tomorrow, and so my mind is in two places. I'm running school camp up at Waitangi this week, and uh, we, uh, you know, I'm a bit busy in my head right now. <laughs> yeah. So um, my name is Simon Peter Wamala. Those who know me. Um, maybe something interesting to know about me before I met Joanna, I used to iron my undies. <laughs> it's actually quite common in Africa. <laughs> that is the best answer to that question I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like to make people laugh. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah, that's something about me. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> I feel like we've done. You know, like, our, honestly, like... And so not anymore. That's the I have lots of follow-up no. questions. No. no, not anymore? No. No, no. Oh, okay. Not anymore. All right. Yeah. All right, very good. Cool. <laughs> Just embarrass my wife. No, that's all right. So I've given these guys a couple of really sort of just really big open-ended questions um, just to sort of get the, the, them thinking about, about sort of this idea. Because we don't often think about my life journey and what that faith journey looks like. And so um, which one of you would like to sort of start? I think she'll start. Yeah, I Joanna. Usually, in interviews, I usually she starts, yeah. then I take her points. It's a okay, bit like wonderful. that Megan and Harry interview, which I haven't watched, yeah. but I've seen a lot of memes about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. How does he feel? And she answers, you know. Yeah. We, we work like All that. All right, great. <laughs> does that make me Oprah? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you get a car. No, no. no. Go ahead. All right. So um, one of the big open questions we got is that I've chosen to zero in on is about... Um, 
about a little bit of my journey. Um, and uh, I thought I'd, I, I shocked Simon actually the other day. I said, you know, I've been a Christian all my life. And in, in an African setting, that's, that's quite a common thinking that because my parents are Christian, then, then, you're a Christ, then I'm a Christian and it's not about being born again or having an understanding of what it means to be Christian. Um, I, I do believe that pretty much all of my life I've been a Christian, though my parents are Christians. And before I was in the age of knowing, I was under their care and was being raised in a, a Christian home with a faith in God. And then as I got to the age of knowing, which was probably two or three or four, somewhere around there, I gave my life to Jesus and have walked in that and so my story is not one of great um, drug addiction or, you know, and often as a teenager I really struggled with that. You know, I didn't have a great conversion story. I can't remember exactly when I gave my life to the Lord. But I do have a story, and uh, in the, I really liked your word this morning about perspective because I feel that really ties in well with what I wanted to share. And so I can tell, I'm not going to tell you 45 years of my story, <laughs> rest assured. Um, I'm going to start with a couple of years ago. We were, it was the beginning of 2019, and it became apparent to us that our time in Tanzania was coming to an end. I'd gone to Tanzania 16 years, or 15 at that point, years earlier um, as a single female missionary, the only job in the world where your marital status is included in your job name, title, um, <laughs> went as a single female missionary and had met Simon and started a family and served in Tanzania a long time. And what was happening in Tanzania at that time, the government was starting to close its doors to outsiders. And so it was making it really, really hard to get new visas. And we realised it sort of came slowly on us but also quite suddenly on us that our time was going to come to an end and we needed to make preparation for that. We were home on um, home assignment at the time here in New Zealand and talked with our pastor and with my parents and made that decision. And I just remember, I don't get emotional because it's, it's still raw. But Simon always has a handkerchief. <laughs> so, is it iron? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Shock, horror. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, the next a couple of days, maybe even the next day, I was I was in my room um, in the afternoon with my journal, and I thought I have to process what's going on here. And I sat there and I was crying. I was in tears. I was. I'm a planner by nature, and I couldn't see anything ahead of us. So, here I was with, um, I, well, I could see a whole lot of things ahead of us. I could see us packing up our home. Um, I could see us selling our furniture. I could see us saying goodbye to friends. I could, but I couldn't see what we would come back to here. We had nothing in New Zealand except for some boxes at my mum's house which had all my favourite toys from when I was a kid in them. And that wasn't going to give us much to set up a home with. And so I, um, I was just sitting there crying and I got a, a message on my phone, a ding. 
And I opened that up, and it was from my sister, who had no idea. And she'd shared with me uh, the song, The Goodness of God, a Bethel song, sung by um, Jean Johnson. And I sat there, and I just listened to it. And I sent her a message back going, you have no idea how much this is speaking to me. And I put tears. And she's like, what's wrong? I said, I can't tell you. And, um, but that song says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And um, over the next couple of weeks, we were able to share with our family. But we had to keep the story under wraps. We couldn't tell anyone what we were doing, what was going to happen, because we hadn't had the opportunity to share with our leaders in Tanzania. And there was some, there was like a picking order of things that we, people we needed to talk to before we could say we're coming back to New Zealand, and which was really good in some ways because it gave us a whole lot of time to process. So I wrote that whole song down here in my journal. Um, and I, <laughs> I started reading my journal last night, which was not a very good thing to do because that's why I'm such a mess now. Um, <laughs> but uh, about, a, about a month later, we were back in Tanzania, and I, um, because I like to plan and I didn't know what the future held, I was reading books to help me um, process the, um, the time. And uh, I felt it was really important that we looked at the concept of transition and what it meant to, you know, what we needed to do in the time of transition. And I was reading a book written by a missionary who had about transitions and she had ministered to lots of families in transition and so she put together this book. And I, um, I had, I had uh, read it and then I had gone to bed and then during the night I had been thinking about it. I got up and wrote in my journal here and um, I just wanted to share a little bit of what I wrote here. The story is not over. Our lives are not over because we're finishing up in Tanzania. New chapters are to be written with new settings. What is the overall theme of this life book of mine? It's the faithfulness of God. All my life you have been faithful. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord my Father. It's about you, God. It's about knowing you. And uh, this book had challenged us, this with the tie in with perspective, this book had really challenged me about what is the story we tell ourselves, what is the story we tell other people in the midst of what's going on um, and how do we, I had written down, how do we tell the story of our time in Tanzania, what, how do we tell the reasons for leaving, how do we tell that to the people there who love us and whose lives we've been part of and how do we tell that story to our supporters who have financially supported us and prayer supported us for so many years. How do we tell that story to uh, anyone who really needs to know what's the story going to be and what's the and the power of that story? And by choosing to say the purpose of my story is to point to God's faithfulness and I will look to God for his faithfulness, I got to change my perspective from one of worry, from one of um, fear, to one of like, trying to plan things without him to realising that the story is not actually about me at all. It was about God being faithful. And so, just because I'm probably taking way too much time, I thought I would just share a couple of highlights, bullet points, shall I say, of how God then was faithful towards us. Um, it's really hard to move countries paperwork-wise when you're not married to a Kiwi. 
And so just getting the paperwork ready for Simon to immigrate to New Zealand was one huge, um, one huge amount of work. And then realising that we had, I mean, he needed to get his, his passport updated. It took months, months like and months. Like a James Bond movie. <laughs> we had to get all of that paperwork into New Zealand immigration. And then New Zealand immigration over the course of 2019 became very, very, very slow in processing. So we didn't even know what his status was going to be before we got here. Um, just as I finished getting all of his paperwork organised, I realised that to come back into New Zealand as a teacher requires a whole lot of paperwork too. And I started having to apply for jobs and then getting my registration up to date, getting working out what my pay was going to be, all these things, um, all came straight after having finally got his paperwork off. And a couple of things fell into place really quickly. I got a job with the first job application I um, put in and it was for Horizon School here in Snells Beach. So then I knew, OK, I've got a job. Next, I need to, so now we know where we're living, so we need to start looking for a place to live in Snells Beach. And then the school said, we've got a house coming up that you could have. Then um, we started to plan, you know, where will our kids go to school? What will our, well, that kind of cover, but what, what are all those other details? We don't have any furniture. We're selling all our furniture in Tanzania, but every white person in the city is leaving at the moment. So nobody wants more furniture from another white family leaving. And it was just like all of these things. And my grandfather moved into a uh, a rest home just a couple of months before we came back to New Zealand, and he gave us his whole house furnishings. So we were set up, and we hadn't hardly paid a cent, you know. And it was it was. And then Simon's just at the last minute, we got word that Simon would be able to come with us. We were thinking we might have to leave him behind, and. Uh, that he would have to come later when his paperwork came through. We managed to get him a visa to get into New Zealand so he could come with us. And God just provided and provided and provided. And then, the f so then we start, I'd start looking for what church would we go to. You know, it's important to us to go to church. Where would we go? And we, Maharingi Vineyard just has the best website, really. <laughs> Actually. Thanks, Brenda. <laughs> But as we came in here the first Sunday to join in with praise and worship, that Sunday we sang, All My Life You Have Been Faithful. So. Yeah, I think we are all living lives of, we are all living a very miraculous life. I will take that word again, perspective. How do you see things? Clearly, if you look with your own eyes, nothing makes sense. Moving here, being an African is always yay. <laughs> I won't lie to you. But leaving your family behind, I think one thing that when Joanna, when we discussed, we're going to come back here, um, my dad passed away just before, right? Was it? Yeah, that really challenged me. How am I going to connect to the people back home? But then I thought, how did Joanna do it? <laughs> so tables turn now. I'm the missionary, and she's the lady back to her country.
but all in all, uh, I think you have to look at your, uh, God with different eyes. The perspective of his faithfulness is really very big, his goodness. And um, for me, that journey has always been, how do I look at things now? So I had to change a lot of things. Now, as you know, you can tell the difference that I am a different color from her. <laughs> so we, different cultures. So marrying her was a quiet change of mindset. A lot from my country. But God has been very faithful. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to shorten the story. But all I'm saying is, um, as you look at God with different eyes, he is a God of miracles. He provides all the time. And he's never let us go. So I think just in short for me, um, bringing back to the communion, maybe Linda will ask some questions. But I would just jump on that. Like the journey that we've been on until now, uh, he's been providing. He's always been faithful, above and beyond. Yeah, so. Wonderful. Well, I, what I would like to do now is, I think, why don't we all stand? Um, and why don't um, you guys, just in you know, your 30-second best prayer, um, pray for all of us as we come to the table. And just that idea that as we come, you know, that, that whole thing of the faithfulness is, is over and over and over again. We're being reminded of the faithfulness of the Father, um, whether that's in the story um, of, the, of the prodigal son or, or the, you know, the running father or, or these stories that Simon and Joanna have both shared and, and just really even snapshots, major, minor, little minor glimpses of the faithfulness of God. Can you maybe pray for us as we come to the table with those things that we desperately need to know God's faithfulness in, whether that's in, in, um, in a marriage, in a relationship with a parent or, or a sibling, whether that's in a job or, or lack of a job, whether that's in, in sort of, you know, a health issue or a diagnosis or just the struggle of, of life, um, that we approach the table with a renewed revelation of God's faithfulness. And then these, so these guys are going to pray, and when they're done, I'd just like to come, and maybe if we have some music, or if Matt, you want to come up and just play, um, then really we're going to leave you to taking those elements at your, at your own time, and then, you know, kids will come back, and we'll, it'll all be go. But, um, yeah, consider this, just in this moment, in this time, uh, open your, um, yourself up to to allowing the Holy Spirit to minister and to, to speak to those situations and circumstances where you need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Um, Father, I would just want to thank you so much for the privilege of this table because you invite us all the time. We did not make ourselves. You have always, we have always been part of who you are. We are still part of you. You led us by your Holy Spirit. And we just ask you, Lord, to 
just touch people's hearts right now as they come to the table to know that they are invited. You have invited them and you are glad and you are happy with your children that you love them with all your heart. Father, that even our names are written on the palms of your hands. You know us by name. The hairs on our heads are counted and you know us and you created us. So as we come, Lord, we bring everything to you. Our weaknesses, our failures, our imperfections, because this is a table where you change everything with a different perspective, with the way we see things. We're invited to the table and by faith you can do miracles. You can do healings in bodies, in minds. You can heal depression. You can heal many, many things through your blood, through this body. And as we come, Lord, may you open our eyes to see you. As we look upon you, we see the love in your eyes. We see your hands holding us together. We see your heart for us because you are for us, Lord. You're not against us. You always wanted a family. So we come today as a family, as your body in this place, to come to the table and eat of you and drink of you and enjoy fellowship with you that will never be broken forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Um, and now, really, just go on up, Matt. You can just play and, and come grab your elements. And like I say, take them in your time. And, um, yeah, and thank you. Thank these guys, too, as they um, give them, Let's give them a big round of applause. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. So come on up. The table's.